This is the Don't Forget to Breathe podcast. In these episodes, we discuss grief, emotions, mental health, loss, trauma, and death of loved ones. There may be triggers that touch pain and other emotions within you. We just want you to be aware before you listen. We hope this podcast will help you on your journey to emotional health. Welcome to Don't Forget to Breathe. After the show, I'm Bruce Barker. After the show is a series of conversations Rena and I have after we've stopped recording the podcast. And as I mentioned, on the regular podcast, these sessions don't have the best sound and we tend to bounce from subject to subject, just like any real conversation with a friend. So we'd like you to find a comfy spot and be with us while we just talk. This particular session took place in February when we had a sound issue that prevented us from recording our planned episode. And we talked um, off and on about new ways to think about grief and then normalizing the grief conversation. But yeah, so it's just to, you know, gradually introduce those new ways and definitions of thinking about grief and, and knowing what grief is. Um mm-hmm. So that folks can learn to recognize it, you know, I've had a, I've had a few instances of it pop up in the last couple of weeks with that random decision, you know, to buy a new house. Yeah. Well, I'd literally just moved into this house um, a month before Phil died and he had helped me paint it and move my furniture in. And um, there's a weight here. There's excitement about moving to the new house, but then none of the boys will ever have a chance to like, put an energetic imprint on that new house. They'll never have been there. There won't be like a, a memory of them sitting on the sofa or watching TV there or just walking that just normal life part. Right. So there was more grief than that. There's the excitement of a fresh start and the grief of leaving behind something kind that Philip had done for me in this house, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. just kind of using those tools to, uh, you know, I'm just holding space for people where something exciting happens and you do have that moment of loss and grief again and realization and, and knowing that there's tools out there to help um, move through that, you know. So I was very grateful for that. So just well, can catch you can catch you unawares sometimes, I'm sure. Yes. You, yes. Yeah. As we continued our conversation, we talked about the upcoming wedding of one of my sons and the new daughter that is joining our family. I have a question for you. Yeah. You know how I said at the start that I unconsciously say to people because I'm trying to protect them from feeling a certain thing. Okay. Uh-huh. So I'll say, you know, I lost the boys and, but I still have a daughter. Right. So it's like, don't feel too bad for me. You know? So, and it's unconscious, right. Uh, or it was unconscious. And so I'm curious with this coming up with you, because I hear you say a lot, I feel really great about it. I feel really great about it. I feel really great about it. And I'm curious if there's anything unconscious in that where you feel, again, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like you have to let people know you're okay about it. Um, Because you are, you know, you have the sense of having another daughter and she's getting married. So I just wasn't sure. Cause I hear you say, I feel great about it a lot. And I wasn't sure if you were 
if there was something like my unconscious moment behind that. Um, I guess because people have popped it out there, you know, that, or, you know, kind of dancing around it a little bit um, and just kind of letting them know, hey, I'm in a great space with this. Um, my emotions that surround it are, are emotions of joy mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, are not um, bombed or grieving or anything, but it's, it's uh, a solid emotion of joy just to kind of let them know don't walk on eggshells around them with when we talk about Savannah, like by talking about Savannah, you're not, you're not, uh, I want them to understand that you are not disrespecting Kristen. You're not ignoring Kristen. You're not, you know, like you're not going to make me feel bad for talking good and enthusiastic about Savannah. Right. Yeah. So that's why I was curious about if you were preempting by saying, I feel great. It's almost to get it out there before people can start to ask or whatever, you know? So well, I just say great. Just so they'll talk. Because, and so I think that'll be the thing, like at the, um, I mean, we've covered most people, but I guess those who will be at the wedding that are um, our family. And we're not exactly sure how many are going to come because of the timing and with COVID and everything and where they're coming from. But I'm sure it'll be the same thing is, you know, as kind of preempting. So, so they are comfortable. Right. And, right. You know, so they're not going, Oh yeah, I want to say this about Savannah and I want to say this about this, but I don't know if I should. And, you know, again, that whole thing, so I would rather if I just, you know, if I toss it out there that, you know, the right. same as it's okay to say Kristen's name, you know, like all right. of those little things. Um, if I toss it out there preemptively, then then they're comfortable because I'm comfortable. Um, so it's different than, you know, again, after, after Kristen died and then, the, you know, the Christmas parties were coming up, like invites didn't come. Yeah. And I know that that was the, that was their struggle of, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I should invite him. And because how is he going to, you know, feel and people ask and, mm-hmm. you know, or is he just gonna, you know, is he going to be a Debbie downer? Like, you, you know, they just, so they're just like, uh, we'll just forget to invite him, you know, like right. they just kind of disappear. Right. Um, and, and that's their way of handling it. And I think that's, and I don't remember if, if I talked about that at all in any of, any of the previous, the, the first season of the podcast. But I think it would certainly be something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sure. know, invite somebody. Like, don't disappear. That's the worst thing you can do. Right. So you might, you know, if you think you're giving them space, that's not it. Right. Like, yeah. you can give space, but... If they've come to your annual Christmas party every year or your annual Fourth of July mm-hmm. barbecue, don't suddenly forget to invite them. Invite them, yeah. and it's up to them if they want to accept or right. decline. Right. Don't assume, basically, and don't don't presume that you know. But at least keep the invitations coming and allow them to choose whether they feel up to going or not. Yeah. Right, and I think that, and and I and I. I can see them justifying it in their mind by saying, 
you know, well, I just want to protect them because there's going to be people here that don't know. And I don't want right. them just to just, yeah. they, they will know that. Like we would know that, yeah. that we know not everybody at this party knows what happened, knows that, you know, um, that my child died. Not everybody knows. And then again, then that's up to that person, you know, that parent or whoever that is that's grieving again. It, it could be a, a spouse that, you know, that lost a, a spouse. Mm-hmm. And it's up to them to make that determination. I know the questions are going to come. Am I ready for that? Do I want to right. deal with that? Or whether they go or not. Right. But give them the opportunity Right. To accept, I mean, don't take away the invitation because you're not protecting right. them. You're isolating right. them. Yeah. It's it's almost taking ownership of their grief process. Through, yes. Through being well-meaning and caring, yes, but it's it's taking ownership of, of their grieving process. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think there will be. There'll be a little preemptive, those conversations. Um, yeah, I was just curious but, because you've said it like several times since we started talking and I thought it's like you really really want me to hear and know that you are doing great and so and I you know I, I know that for you I feel that from you um, but it's almost like you're trying to which I recognize in myself too we try, we try to pre-pave other people's comfort with us like okay, this situation is not about me and the boys or, you know, you want to focus on Savannah and the joy of the wedding. So it's almost yeah. like we prepave a comfort path for people to not worry about us or not make us a center of attention or not make our story, you know, be be that main part. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because I noticed I did that. And I, the reason why I noticed is because I was – uh, dating and I realized that you know it's like that question when you're first meeting somebody right or even friendship or even in the store or even whatever it doesn't have to be a dating situation but one of the first questions you're asked is do you have kids so mm-hmm. well that's a loaded question I kind of hoped we'd, we'd know each other a bit a bit more before this comes up because um, you know it's like it it can change the dynamic right um, but it's part, it is a large part of my story and it's my truth. So it's like, okay. And then I realized I was doing that thing of my three boys have died, but I still have my daughter. I, I have to keep, you know, giving them something positive so that, you know, they wouldn't feel bad for me. Um, yeah, it's just, it was protecting that space. You know, um, yeah, like yesterday I was having PT um, on my shoulder. See, I have really cool tape. Okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I love it. Um, So that's my, oh yeah, I haven't got that. I need to finish that. Yeah. The tattoo, but so I was having um, PT done and, and she's, you know, she's probably in her mid to late twenties and she asked the question. You know, hey, do you and Jody have um, um, you and Jody have kids? And I made the choice not to to go there because I'm like, okay, I know she's just kind of like, 
right. doing the conversation while she's doing the thing and that that would turn it, you know, because right. it was pretty, everything was pretty lighthearted and, right. and, and it was easy just to go right in and talk about the boys um, and just making that conscious choice. Like, you know, art and, and it's different in a, in a setting like that versus somebody who's trying to really get to know you. Uh, again, right. from a relationship right. uh, part so that you like you would definitely say that. And if it's a potential relationship and somebody's, you know, trying to get to know you or, or uh, you know, that you would say, yes, I, I have mm-hmm. three sons now um, and my daughter died right. at this particular time um, versus a casual, you know, like what's your favorite restaurant? You know, like that's right. You know, you're not going to go into exactly why it's your favorite restaurant and what the chef does and how you met the chef and you know any of those kind of things. It's right. not really they're not really asking you that, right? Um, it's just basic. Again, that that easy, simple question. Um, or are you are you a native? You know, did you? Have you always lived in Colorado? Have, you know, those are simple. Right. You know, I don't need to tell you about the 27 moves prior to that while I was in the amusement park industry because that's not what you're asking me. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that we both have our own ways of, of doing that, you know? So um, I'm the opposite end of the spectrum um, from that. Um, so for me, Anybody who asks me, how many kids do you have? I'll say four. Mm -hmm. And if they ask further, then I will share, you know, or I'll say four, four, three, three boys and a girl. Um, And then if they ask the ages or whatever, then I will say, well, my three boys have died. And um, for me, what I have found is it opens up the space to make grief more acceptable, to make loss more acceptable to talk about um, right to open that space for them to maybe say oh yeah i lost a child too or my mom lost a child or my best friend's baby just died and you know so i've gone the other direction to mm-hmm. choosing to um as you say very consciously have that out there and yes people are caught off guard i still see that um and yet i don't try to protect them from feeling their feelings about it because it may open the door for them to also feel safe enough somewhere down the line to hold that space for somebody or to feel like they don't have to hide their feelings or grief or whatever right um just to normalize grief basically is, is my conscious choice. I want to normalize the feeling of grief just as joy um, or whatever else, you know, disappointment or sadness or all the other dozens of emotions that we have access to feeling. I My hope is to normalize grief as being a normal, natural reaction to loss. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel I need to be willing to go there to to do that and i honor other people's ways of doing feeling out what their best way is you know? yeah 
So, um, yeah, I used I used to, um, and then I just decided that no, I'm going to open this because it came up a couple of times. Actually, came up with a loan officer yesterday for the mortgage. Ah, uh, you know, explained yeah. for why I was moving, and then it came up something else about you know I I'm, I'm actually downsizing. Um, and I bought this house because I thought two of the kids were going to be staying with me, and I needed the space and. I got the bonus room for Phil to turn into his space and all the things. And it didn't work out. So, um, you know, we were having that conversation. But instead of um, not sharing it, I decided just to be vulnerable and it, um, let her know that mm -hmm. this was why. So that's just the best way that works for me. Um, because my hope is really to really, really, really to normalize society holding space for grief and loss yeah you know um no that makes sense yeah i just i like i say for me i just did a quick evaluation depending on where i'm at if, if it's yeah and you know and like it was you know yesterday at pt i it was um the conversation was very surface and i and i was like uh -huh. Yeah. All right. I'm not going there. Yeah. But then I I think the day before, in talking with um, um, a customer, something came up, you know, in the conversation that you know asking that, and then I you know I said exactly what yeah what was going on and and what had happened. So I guess yeah I just do a quick whether I'm accurate with it or not, I do a quick eval yeah. of going, okay, we'll go down this road or no, we're not going to go down this road. Right. Uh, you know, and again, that's, that's probably, you know, if I'm judging them or just being unfair to assume you really don't want to know you're asking the question or you really do want to know and you're asking the question that I'm, I'm kind of putting them in a category on, you know, one side or the other. Is it, is it surface or do you really want to know? So, right. I mean, that even goes into when people would ask, um, you know, especially, you know, the first year or so when people say, how are you doing? Or just even, you know, and that could just be the beginning of a conversation of, you know, a phone call. Hey, how, you know, how are you? You know, again, when, when most people just say, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Then, you know, my thing was, if you're going to ask me, mm -hmm. then be ready for the answer. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I would give them the opportunity to go, I can say, you know, they ask the question, go, well, I can say I'm fine or I'm not having a great day. Um, so I'm going to give you the out. Do you want to ask that question and right. really want an answer? Uh-huh. Or... Yeah. Um, you want to talk about whatever, you know, right. the game coming up. Do you want to talk about, you know, other stuff? Right. And then when they say, no, I really want to know, I'm like, all right, here you go. Right. And then, which, I mean, that just, it also let me know, you know, where they were. And it goes, well, you know, or I was just calling to, you know, I'm just calling to see how you're doing, see if you wanted to go to the, you know, go to the game. Right. All right. Then I know they're not really, they don't need the whole in-depth. Right. They did have a purpose for their call, but the 
they just fell back on that default. Hey, how's it going today? Or, right. you know, just those default introductions and questions, um, conversation starters that really aren't conversations. Right. So, yeah. And I love how you um, your bandwidth as well. You know, you checked in with yourself and your heart space and your bandwidth to see, you know, what this is a superficial conversation and I'm going to consciously choose not to introduce this because I don't feel it's the time and place. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, that's the the thing, you know, grief and and how we handle it is unique and individual and we get to do that. That's, that's the gift that we give ourselves and honor, right? It's, this is what works for me. It may not work for anybody else, but this is what works for me. And, um, you know, I love that we both check in with and consciously do what works for each of us, you know, right? to allow that for everybody. You know, what what works for one person won't be another person's go-to, you know? So Yeah, and I think like with, you know, with, uh, um, with my PT professional, um, we're going to start, we'll work on the shoulder, we'll do that on on a weekly basis. And I think as that relationship grows, right. you know, that then we'll see, you know, if it starts getting into, if she starts asking questions about family or stuff like that, then, right. Yeah. And I'm sure it will. Yeah. It will, it will come up and then it'll be, uh, um, you know, it'll open it up. Yeah. Um, for sure. At a pace that feels right for you, you know, and sometimes it's if we have the bandwidth to go there, you know, if this is a day where I feel I want to do this or discuss this or, or delve deeper into this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, a situation like that. It's, it's going in for me, it's sort of like going and getting a haircut. Um, like some people I can hear just, it's just, constant conversation right so there's a relationship with you know it's the same person that's been cutting their hair or whatever and then they're doing the whole catch-up and and it's just an ongoing thing and and sometimes i will but not often for me it's it's an opportunity to sit there and be completely quiet right and just kind of relax and be in the moment and not have to converse. It doesn't mean I'm being rude. It's just, and, and, you know, good, um, you know, styling professionals recognize that. I mean, they're, they're conversationalists and they recognize, okay, this person doesn't really want to talk. It doesn't mean they're being a jerk. They're just, you know, decompressing from work or this is my break. I'm coming to get my hair cut. Yeah. You know, for my lunch break and uh, from work and it's been super stressful and and this is where I'll decompress. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess it's that way with, uh, you know, just with a lot of people in in uh, just in the conversations. Are you in a place to talk? And and there are, you know, those that do. And then or are you not? Right. Like I noticed um, when I lived in New York, the. uh one of the guys that I worked with, he also, he had a bar and I would go guest bartend a couple of times. Um, and so this is a small little place in Manhattan and, and it was, it was the coolest thing. It was so stereotypical when you're seeing people, like you're reading people sitting at the bar 
of those people that come in who want to talk to the bartender, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I wasn't a real bartender, but it, you know, like you're there, you know, you're their beer pouring therapist or something like right. that's where they feel comfortable having the conversation. And then you can see those at the bar that, that were just, they were sitting there and looking up at the TV or they were sitting and doing nothing, but just, they were in their quiet space in their head mm-hmm. with their drink, but kind of reading people. Um, so people that do that, that bartend for a living, um, I mean, they're really they're I mean, they're, they're a whole line of, of therapists, but they're really good at reading people. Right. For sure. You know? Yeah. So even if I've gone into, you know, gone and bellied up to a bar that they can get a feel do I want to talk? Do I not want to talk? Right. Um, and why am I here? Right. You know, yeah. am I just here meeting someone? And as soon as someone comes there, then we're going to, you know, head over to the game um, or, you know, whatever the deal is. Right. Um, although it's been years since I showed up in a bar for, <laughs> you know, to grab a beer. But, um, but I would just remember that it was that, um, what space are you in? And and at that time, you know, when I was in New York, um, you know, Kristen would come there to visit me. Um, losing a child was nowhere even near my radar. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have even thought about it. Um, but then since then, I, you know, there's been that t- those moments where I go back and I remember certain experiences and remember being a guest bartender and then the different people that came in. And then I wonder, okay, was the person that was sitting there not saying a word, mm-hmm. what was going on? Yeah. Or did the person that just wanted to talk, want to talk about something other than them losing their child or losing their spouse or mm-hmm. losing their job or what? I mean, I don't, you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm what their stories are, but it, but after experiencing um, this level of loss, it puts, it puts things back into, into perspective of, you know, again, kind of circles back to what David said. Well, you don't really know what's going on with the bully. You don't, you don't, that's the thing. And I, I mean, I know I wasn't thinking that when I'm, you know, when I'm sitting there and pouring a beer, I'm just thinking, okay, this is really cool that, you know, people are just hanging out and they want to talk or they don't want to talk or whatever, mm-hmm. but not really understanding. Um, or again, just like I said, it wasn't even on the radar to think about what could they, what was their day like, their week like, their month, their year. Mm-hmm. I think that what we've experienced this last year in the pandemic has probably made that more visible to a lot more people. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah, for sure. Brought that a little more to the forefront of what, what's going on with other people. You know, you see your Facebook friends that posted that, you know, we've got COVID and, and we're, you know, you know, staying at home and then somebody that had to go to the hospital and like all the different things, it just really brought reality, I guess, you know, brings us back to 
having a real dose of reality um, and gets us outside our heads or our space a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right too. I mean, you've got so many great points and it sounds like you, you know, both sides of that life on the bar, right? Bartender and someone who's gone there for a drink and then not really thought about the like in-depth stuff that may or may not have been going on in people there, but just going back and wondering, you know, Mm-hmm. And then to, you know, with the hairdresser and the bartender, it's interesting how sometimes it is easier to open up with the hard stuff to somebody like that who knows us, but isn't on our maybe necessary, ne- not necessarily our inner, inner circle. Right. But it's just easier to, to, to do that. Um, and to feel safer, uh, which is interesting than actually going to our, our um, inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and COVID has impacted a lot more people with grief, right? Because it's been lost for everybody. It's like the entire planet has been grieving loss of some kind at exactly yeah. the same time, right? Yeah. Um, which is typical anyway, because all of us are grieving a loss at some time or another. It's just that maybe COVID maybe more made us more cognizant of that. And yeah. And that might be a good thing is that we take that, what we realized during COVID and know that everybody is grieving something every day, every time. There's there's some form of grief there. There's some loss of a familiar pattern. There's some undelivered communication that they never got to give to somebody. There's, you know, there's a change. Mm-hmm. So there's always a level of loss somewhere. Um, and it may not be the same thing or at the same level, but it's present and it's there. I think if we ever fall into the trap of comparing our human experience, I feel it can, it can keep us stuck in some way. You know, I feel at least for me, it would keep me stuck. Um, because I don't know and I can't presume to know. If I just say met you at the wedding, I would not have a clue of your heartache. You know, I wouldn't know. Right. And I could think, well, there's no point in telling Bruce my story about losing my boys because he'd never get it. <laughs> right. But if I shared that, it may open the door to you saying, yeah, with you. I get that. Um, you know? I don't know, maybe we, maybe there's a place where we want to think easier for other people because we can't see it, but maybe other people see that about us and we go about our days and we have no clue, you know? If people, right. if people see me bebopping around Kroger and I'm laughing and joking with the cashier and I'm cutting up with and I'm dancing around the office, which I do, uh, just don't go, don't go into any grocery stores with me because if there's good music on, I'll be dancing in line. I am that person. <laughs> But they'll, they could think, you know, God, my life sucks, and here she is, and she's having a trip over there all by herself, you know? Um, right. I, I mm. literally don't know another human being on this planet who has an easy life. That's all I can yeah. say. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I just, I, I've just been judgmental about it, you know, like, Hey, we've all, oh, we've all, so we've all been there. 
Yeah. We've all been there. I have that T-shirt. I could sell that T-shirt. <laughs> wow. We we just don't know. We don't know. So we just have to hold space for for all the peoples. You know. Thanks for listening to After the Show. Let us know your thoughts and how we can help you in your journey of healing.